Hello and welcome aboard our podcast, Fighting Catholic Jetlag. My name is JC and I'll be your host. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, priest of 34 years and doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president and for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. At times, we'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and rediscover your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, and enjoy our flight to faith. <laughs> just do it between words so okay. if or i can just leave the lid off or you could do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go how's that Good. so well it's been a couple weeks it has. Uh, my fault for last week i thought we would try to get together but you tried to get nail me down on a time and things just got crazy yeah that happens that's okay it gives our listeners time to catch up though all right and i've heard from a couple of listeners that we're uh following us and enjoying uh also a little bit of the new format um and once actually said i am obsessed with the podcast wow i don't know if obsession is a good thing but that's good (laughs) (laughs) i think it's good yeah so uh um anything exciting going on you're still renovating so that's not necessarily all that exciting event at some point but exciting when you're done the the whole we keep calling one side of the house the apartment because when we first move in, that side's going to mm-hmm. be done. And it's probably about the size of the apartment. Right. So we keep calling that that. But it's painted. All the colour is on the wall that we would like. The bathroom is tiled, half-fitted, and the floor has begun. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we're very close. Hopefully we'll be moving in the end of this month. Cool. Yeah. Well, and you uh, do you want to advertise your um, uh, young adult activity? It's probably too late to sign up now, but the cathedral sounds like you all have some really cool young adult activities. Yeah, they're, they're really good at actually doing the programs for young adults there. Um, we've got a cooking class on Friday with Father John Thomas teaching us a dish, which will be nice. I hear he is a good cook. I've, yeah, I've heard that he's a good cook too. I don't know if I've ever, he helps me at the St. Benedict's uh-huh. shelter as well, but we serve, he doesn't bring his dishes, so I don't know. I've not seen him, but I have heard that he's a good cook, so I'm looking forward good. to learning. Well, you know, Fridays of Lent, the big tradition. Uh, so anyway, if those of you who are young adults and belong to the cathedral, yeah. check out some of the activities that they have there just for young adults. It's a pretty That's neat it. idea. Yeah. Um, and check your parishes anyway. Lots of parishes may do things for young adults that we may not even be aware of mm-hmm. uh the other cool thing on fridays in lent and this is not at all i think part of catholic jet lag i think this is one of the things that has to be universally loved unless you just don't like fish and that yeah. is the fish fries or you're one of these people that's super healthy and won't eat anything fried but in kentucky and probably most of the south we have fish fries on Friday night because you're not supposed to eat meat on Uh -uh. Friday as a penance. Um, There was a cool meme on Facebook I saw with this plate, and it was full of golden 
brown <laughs> fish fry fish fillets um golden brown uh french fries a big heaping of coleslaw <laughs> and some golden brown hush puppies yes and it said this is how catholics do penance during lent <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really feel like it no it really it does because it's fantastic <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go to the one in lewisport tomorrow at st columbus they have really really good they do good fish yeah we went last year didn't yeah we? yeah yeah eric loved it yeah it was great we're gonna but... have to get you all out there again this year lent's a long time definitely so and they have the best one i well I don't want to say that. You oh. can say that. But <laughs> I... <laughs> From the ones I attended last year, that was the. And best that was one. the only one you went to last year, wasn't it? I did one in well, Missouri. Say. As oh, well. Missouri! Yeah, Missouri. Yeah. We can, we can, yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, that they're horrible. <laughs> um, not really, but at least that we won't be uh, critiquing yeah. anything no from problem. the diocese. No. Now, my friend, who's a priest in in uh, Evergreen, Colorado. You know, in Colorado, mm -hmm. I think may have the lowest BMI in the country of and the healthiest people. They have grilled fish. Yeah, they actually do. I mean, they're all strung out on pot, but <laughs> but they have really healthy food. They're just relaxed. They're just relaxed. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, there's their fish. They didn't have a fish fry. They had grilled fish with, you know, probably some stir-fried vegetables <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Um, but here in Kentucky, we want you to meet your maker quicker. So yeah. we'll give you this brown plate, brown plate, yeah. <laughs> deep fried, cholesterol building, heart clogging arteries. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, we need to do that. And I think because some of the ones around here, they only do it like once or twice, don't they, during Lent? Oh, is that right? So, yeah. They don't like, I know. There's a few around here that definitely they don't, just do, it don't do it every Friday. No, yeah. I guess it's competing. I think St. Columbus does it every In fact, there was something in the Western Connecticut Catholic, which is, for those of you who are not from this diocese, is the diocesan paper. Oh, I do get that paper in yeah. the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're in now. In. Now they got you on the list. Um, but they had a, uh, before Lent, a page dedicated to all of the fish fries oh, in the diocese. Oh, I'll have to so, pull that out. Yeah. I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one it was in. Because um, nice. I do read it cover to cover, but I don't remember that yeah. that particular page. You'll actually see on the house, you know, we got the windows covered with paper. <laughs> is that the Western Kentucky Catholic? The, yeah. You'll see Bishop Medley when you walk by. <laughs> yeah, I always feel a little bit bad when I, I've got some uh, birds when I clean out their cage and I actually use the Western Kentucky Catholic for the bird cage, and I was kind of feel bad. And the bishops on the bottom of the bird cage, um, or some of my priest friends. That's so funny. At least it's being reused. I'm not going. To that's use. right. That's right. So you had a suggestion for today's uh, fish and potatoes, or fish and chips. Yes. Um, what, what was it? Yeah, so... So, you know, wait a minute, there was a... There was a um, we don't call it confessional. What do we... Uh, Correct. Correction. Not no, correctional wasn't no, right either. Well, when we make a mistake. I thought I made a mistake. Clarificational. Clarificational. Yes. Got to go into the clarificational from the last time we were doing the Latin Mass. Oh, I said the Mass of Paul V. Oh. Which it should be the Mass of Paul VI. 
So oh. I made a mistake in, in that, which is the new mass. And did anyone catch that? I don't know if anybody caught Let's it. Let us know if you did. Yeah, so <laughs> so that, there's my clarification from, from last last time. Nice. That I found. There may be other. I, I know, I'm sure, there are other mistakes. See, I don't fact check you because I just I just assume, assume that you. Yeah, you need to fact yeah. check. <laughs> <laughs> when we fact checked ourselves, it was just like, oh, yeah. It's kind of like if you make a mistake, it's like, okay, yeah, that, that was wrong. Yeah. We'll fix it. Exactly. It's not like it's going to be anything upon which the world turns. No. Now, if I make a mistake that's deeply rooted in Catholic doctrine, you know. Like, you wouldn't know. I would try not to. Um, but it's possible. Anything's possible. Mm. Uh, then we would definitely have a clarification yeah. on that one. We can always go back and cut it as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, today's fish and chips topic. Yes. So I want to talk about superstition versus religion or superstition and religion and how they connect. And it came about because Eric and I were chatting and I can't even remember what it was. We were joking about something. And then we said, touch wood. Now, I also, actually, I was doing a little research. And Americans say, knock, knock on, on wood. wood. Yeah. And we say, touch wood. Uh-huh. Do you knock on your head when there's no wood around? Well, it, just for fun, yeah. Because we touch our head. Yeah, it's like your head you, you, yeah, like made out of wood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't know whether that was a British yeah. thing only. but Well, it's probably, the Americans probably left over from our British yeah. heritage. Yeah. But so I was trying to, we said, knock on wood, touch wood. And then I didn't have any around. And then I turned around and the crucifix was on the wall. So I touched that. And then I felt, and then Eric's face dropped. And he started teasing me, saying that it was um, sacrilegious. And, and yeah, so I just, it was funny then to think, actually, where did that come from? Maybe it did come from the cross. Um, well, I had always heard, and you've done some research, I don't know if we, but I'd always heard that um, it actually came from our Germanic origins, where wood, the tree, uh-huh. was believed to have innate powers. And, you know, the, the um, and I don't know if this was in true for the Celts as well, but it certainly was true for those in Central Europe. Mm-hmm. That trees were considered, you know, having having powers, and yeah. uh, and in fact, Saint Boniface of Fulda, who was the the um, apostle to the Germans, he's the one who brought the gospel to the Germanic peoples for the first time. Wow. He wanted to prove that the truth of Christianity, and he tro- chopped. The story goes, he chopped down the sacred oak tree uh, that was worshipped by the German pagans and nothing happened, which supposedly is what converted the Germanic king. And then of course, all the Germanic people were baptized. And I think he baptized like thousands of people after he chopped down that tree. I hate that he chopped down a tree, but um, you know, it was an ancient oak that had, you know, and he probably, if the story's good, he probably built a church out of the tree or built a cross out of the tree, you know, probably did something with it. Um, but that you could draw power from a tree or blessings from a tree, you you would touch it to, to do that, and that's where the knock on wood came from. Yes. I don't. What did you hear? I saw some things about pagan. It came from the pagan times, 
Um, but then I also saw that it is something that some Christians believe that it does come from the cross. So I think it's a, there's a couple of stories out there, uh-huh. which was interesting. But then, so I started looking into a little bit more of uh, superstition and religion, crossovers, etc. And then I saw this thing here where it says, every religious system tends to accumulate superstitions and peripheral beliefs. A Christian, for example, may believe that in time of trouble, he will be guided by the Bible if he opens at a random and reads the text at first that first strikes his eye. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, is that superstition? Because I don't know if that is. Yeah, I think sometimes the line is really is 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 easy to cross. Um, I I pulled out the catechism and superstition is discussed under the first commandment of the Ten Commandments oh. as as a as a violation of that commandment. It's 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 in section. Interesting. Uh, it's in part three, life in Christ, and it it's on the Ten Commandments, and they go through each of the commandments, and they kind of talk about uh, how living that out is is best accomplished. And so let me give you all the the numbers. So it starts with uh, around page 505 in my edition of the Catechism, but it's in article 2083, the the paragraph 2083 is where it starts. And the first commandment is, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, and you shall not bow to them or serve them. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So under you shall have no gods before me, they put superstition. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. It kind of ties in with what you were saying. Uh, the first commandment forbids honoring gods other than the one Lord who has re- revealed himself to his people. It proscribes superstition and irreligion. Superstition, in some sense, represents a perverse excess of religion. Oh. Irreligion is the vice contrary by defect to the virtue of religion. We won't worry about irreligion. So it's basically that you see every, everything has you know, religious significance. And so I, I, I can be superstitious about all sorts of things. And let me just read this this definition further. It just has 2,111 paragraph is the one on superstition. And it says, superstition is the deviation of religious feeling and of the practices this feeling imposes. The religious feeling is being directed to God. Mm-hmm. It can even affect the worship we offer the true God when one attributes an importance in some way magical to certain practices otherwise lawful or necessary. So opening a Bible is a practice that's lawful and necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, To attribute the efficacy of prayers or the sacramental signs to their mere external performance, apart from the interior disposition that they demand, is to fall into superstition. So all I got to do is say a Hail Mary. I don't have to worry about um, anything interior, Mm -hmm. which is the feeling of religious feeling it talks about. So Catholics have all sorts of things that can easily fall into superstition if we're not careful. My contention is we shouldn't worry about it 
too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not something that we should obsess over. But for example, the first Friday tradition. Yeah. So the first Friday tradition in the Catholic Church is if you go to communion on, on first Friday, and if you go to confession, uh, you do some other things, then uh, when you die, um, and I, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm just not that good of a Catholic. <laughs> then Mary will come and bring you straight to heaven. Same thing with wearing the, the brown scapular. If you wear the brown scapular, you know, Mary promises that whoever wears this her garment, she will conduct to heaven herself. It's your fast pass. Yeah, it's a fast pass. <laughs> and if you view it as a fast pass, that's superstition. Okay. So the idea behind it is that this is supposed to engender a change of heart, mm-hmm. a, a heart that's directed to God, that's, that's that follows Jesus. So it's not a magical thing that if I do this, I get to heaven. Okay. It's if I do this, I'm using it as a sign to remind me of how I'm supposed to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can wear that all day long, but if your heart isn't where it needs to be, it's not going to do you any good. Okay. You know, and this is what Martin Luther was upset about. Mm-hmm. When he started Protestantism, he saw Catholicism was deeply, deeply mired in superstition. You know, they were selling indulgences at the time as a way to pay for St. Peter's in Rome. You know, as soon as the 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 coin falls in 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 the in the collector's box, as a, a soul jumps into heaven. You know, so they thought just by buying this, I've guaranteed myself a way into heaven. No sense of, I have to have the right disposition. I have to live my life. It was just considered magical. That's superstition. When you take something that is is good and you give it magical attributes. So to your crucifix example, well, first of all, knocking on wood. I mean, we all do that and we don't really, it's it's just, it's just a cultural thing that grows back, you know, thousands of years. And I think it's kind of cool that way because it's just a reminder of what, what came before us, you know, I think touching the crucifix, you know, some people uh, wear a cross. And so if they're experiencing some problem, they might just touch the cross. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. It's it's a, if it's an act of prayer, Mm -hmm. but if it's, if it's seen as if I do this, good things will happen. Yeah. So, you know, that that that's where superstition comes in. And I think sometimes our motivation is we're not 100% sure. Yeah. Are we doing it because we're trying to be good and have the right disposition or are we doing it because we think something magical might yeah. might happen? My suspicion is it's probably a lot little bit of both. Yeah. And it's really only a problem is if we eliminate the disposition piece altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, just the hope that if we do something, something miraculous will happen is not necessarily a bad thing as long as we tie it in to the disposition. You know, and then there are other kind of superstitions, you know, like there are uh, athletic sporting superstitions, you yeah. know, the the teenager who they had a big win at the football team while he was wearing certain socks so those socks cannot be washed yes you know and have to be worn for every game until the end of the season that's superstition right i mean so if i do this this will happen yeah that's really not superstition directing away from that's just a silly little thing you know it's not yeah I, i think if somebody could get so wrapped up in it 
that they forget, you know, okay, I need to be, be a good football player too. Um, you know, so coaches probably let that go, but they also want that player, that athlete to work hard and to train hard. Yeah. Uh, just as we as Christians should work hard and train hard. But we've got lots of things in the Catholic church that are just borderline suspicious and uh, as superstition. Suspicious superstition. Yeah, superstition, <laughs> I know. But, and some of that's okay, but some of it has to do with how evangelized a culture was. Because mm -hmm. most superstitions are left over yeah. from previous superstitions. So a lot of superstitions you can trace, you know, back back to pagan origins, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the knocking on wood. Yeah. Even like the um, like nursery rhymes or like playground songs type thing. I remember there was a like a hopscotch thing that like stand on a crack, break your back, or right. And then for years, did you not have uh, step on a crack, you break your mother's back? Break your mother's back. Yeah. That was it. Yes, not break your back, break your mother's back. And that was something like for ages, I'd never stood on a crack when I was, right. and I don't know. It was just like a weird thing that just sticks with you again right because kids believe in magic yes that's you know right. it's something we grow out of that hopefully but we always have that little tendency to say if i do this i, I don't want to not do this because oh my gosh what you know so some people will still throw if they spill salt they'll throw salt I over the left over I the left it. soldier yeah and that's a superstition that's because the devil's there and salt kind of right gets the, him away or exorcists use salt to drive out the devil so you take the salt which spilling it is bad luck and you throw it over your left shoulder into the face of the devil because that's where he hangs out. Yes. You know, so a little superstition there. Th that's not one I think that detracts from God. It's one of those little cultural practices that goes back, especially for Westerners. You know, it's, it's a European thing probably more than yeah. anything else. Um, my grandmother, we, uh, in, in Germany, they didn't have, on Palm Sunday, they didn't have palms. I think that we talked about this last year. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't grow palm in, in Central Europe. Oh, there were okay. no palms. And it was in the day before you could import a bunch of palms. Mm -hmm. So they used what, what was growing at the time. And, and it was the pussy willows. Um, and so we, we would go to church and we would take pussy willows with us for the blessing. But um, she would, uh, during a thunderstorm, would burn a little bit of the palm or the pussy willow uh, to protect the house from uh, lightning. Really? Yeah. That's so, cool. yeah, that's, I mean, is that a superstition or can that be a prayer? There you go. It could be both. It could be both. Yeah, it could be both. You know, again, we're trying not to put lay much more guilt on people no, because that's kind of what we're trying to avoid with this podcast. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of what what why are you doing what you're doing, and is is it a prayer really or because as Catholics we always accompany our prayers with some kind of physical yes thing you know either making the sign of the cross, holding our hands a certain way we like physicality in mm -hmm. in our prayer a rosary statues holy water so combining it with that you know as long as we don't we know what's happening and it's not magic yes there's one that bothers me that lots of people around here do you know what i'm talking about no have you ever sold a house is it the saint joseph in the grass or something? yeah 
Yeah, thing. yeah. So they they will get a St. Joseph statue. Yeah. You're trying to sell a house and bury it in the property upside down uh -huh. um, with the idea that uh, it will sell the house more more quickly. And I know people who go swear by this. I know people who have done it, yeah. yeah. And you can actually buy a home kit. kits yeah, to do this. Yeah. So someone actually, as a housewoman for the new house, got me a St. Joseph statue. I've not buried it because I'm not selling it yet. Uh -huh. But I was like, interesting. And it was like a little home kit. And then... And does it explain what you're supposed to do and everything? Yeah, it does. So who sells it? Um, I think they got it from St. Max. Okay. And uh, does it tell you to do it upside down? or? Yes. Um, and then when you take it out, you take it to... Is it you take it to the new house or you leave it with that house? No, that so part I don't know. There was a thing afterwards, after you dig it up, yeah. you have to put it straight up, either in that house or the new house. I would think, in, I would think well, if you've sold it, you might not be get it back. Um, yes. You have to go back and dig it. Yeah. In the night. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always bothered me because it really feels very superstitious. Yeah. You know, that if I do this, the house will sell. Um, and if I bury St. Joseph upside down, he's going to be irritated about being upside down. Is that what that and, is? Well, that's part of it, I think, because there are some cultures that do that, that that mistreat their statues so that the saint will get irritated and do what you want them to do. Now, I that's do the opposite. If yeah, I was a saint, I'd do the opposite. Yeah. Your house stays on the market. That's <laughs> pure superstition there, you know, and... Um, they, but to bury him upside down because it's going to irritate St. Joseph. So he's going to get you a cellar, but then you better turn him up back right side up because he, he did his job. Yeah. You know, Maybe so that's what it is. Yeah. Then. It makes it, it gives saints attributes of our attributes. You know, like you irritate me long enough, I'll do what you want, but then you better treat me right. You, then you owe me. Uh, I guess saints were humans. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're all they're all, all human. human. Yeah. Well, some of the angels are referred to as Saint Saint Michael, Saint, Michael. Saint Gabriel, Saint mm -hmm. Raphael. But that one's always kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, but again, you could make it into a prayer. Yes. You know, and I don't know if it's disrespectful to bury a statue. Uh, certainly, holy things should be buried anyway if you're not using them. So, like, if you have something that's blessed, you give you, it back to the earth. You give it back to the earth. You don't just throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Because um, that's like the palms, isn't it? Right. You don't give them for burning for the ashes. Yeah, you can burn them. Can you? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I keep can... collecting them and then I'm like, I can't do anything with them. Yeah, you can burn them and use them in to help uh, whatever you're growing because that burned palm makes nice nutrients for like a potted plant or something. Oh. Yeah. I have a figolo. Yeah. Oh, I call it Figalo. But once you burn it, it's no longer blessed palms. So oh. it's no longer blessed. Really? Yeah, because we bless the ashes separately. Oh. So the ashes are blessed as ashes. They're not palms anymore. It's ashes now. It's changed. So it changes state and right. then it loses it. Right. Yeah. Once something changes, it's, it's even the Holy Eucharist, uh, once it's no longer recognizable as food, that it's not the Eucharist anymore. It has to be consumable. So if you have a, a host, and that's why they sometimes will, they have that glass with water in it next to the tabernacle. So if somebody drops 
something on the floor, you can put it in there and it dissolves into mush. That's not consumable anymore. That's not the Eucharist anymore. So oh. yeah, it's no longer, no longer. Because, now you typically dispose of that water in a reverent way because yes. of what it was. But, That's why the sinks yeah, go down right, into the ground, right. isn't But it? you don't have to consume it, you know. Oh, so. interesting. But so the, 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 those are the superstitions that I can think of. And I, it seems like some cultures are more have more of those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. You know. I feel like it's, like I just grew up, for example, if I bang one elbow, I have to bang the other one. Really? I've never heard of that Because I feel like it's, it's bad luck. And it was something, and I don't even know what kind of bad luck it is. Right. But I just bang one elbow. I'll be in pain and you see me just smack the other one and I don't know why. <laughs> Is that something that they do in England? With Yeah, the... it's just something I've grown up doing. Like an adults told me when I was a kid. and you got to bang the other one. You know what it probably was? It was a way to keep you from crying. So if you bang, you get ready to cry. Oh, you better bang the other one. Hurry up. Quick. <laughs> you know, so you're thinking about banging the other one and then you don't realize why you're upset anymore. That might have been a trick from my yeah, mom. I bet it was a trick. <laughs> Everything has, has a good reason oh, yeah. for for anything. One of the things that I saw saw one time is in in Rome. There's a statue of a, a baby Jesus that, uh, and I might have talked about this in a previous podcast, that is beloved in the city. And um, the, this baby Jesus uh, blesses the city. I think on January the first, they bless the city with with this baby Jesus. But I saw some people, the the nomadic people, the uh, the Rome, Rom people were um, otherwise known in, with the less acceptable term of gypsies or used to be called ah, gypsies. Yes. Um, and that was midnight mass. And they had the statue covered with a cloth. And all of these people came in and they were dressed to the nines and they were just covered in gold. Of course, the Rom people are nomadic people. So they wear their wealth. Yes. And it was Christmas Eve, so it was important to dress up. And um, that right after the Gloria, they pulled back the the image of the statue, the veil, and everybody went crazy, clapping, clapping, clapping. <laughs> and um, then they left. It was like, okay, this this is That's done. All they it's all, all they were done. And one time I had a friend with me who was visiting from the United States. And I was telling him to be careful because of pickpockets and not, and uh, <laughs> we we got a, approached by these kids and they were swarming all around us. And he was real proud of himself because they didn't get anything. He had his hands in his pockets, but he also <laughs> had a jacket that had a zipper right in front. And he said, they didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. I said, well, that zipper, was that open before? <laughs> And he had had in there some holy cards and prayer books and things like that that he had collected by visiting churches. They took those. They took those. They just grabbed whatever they could, what was loose. And then they came wondering that all of a sudden they were back and they gave it back to him because on the top was this picture of that particular baby Jesus. Wow. And uh, I thought, I wonder if they have such a strong feeling about this particular baby Jesus. Because I remembered the experience at Midnight Mass that 
taking this would have been considered, you know, bad luck, superstitious behavior. You know, wow. if you do this, now bad things are going going to happen. So they gave gave it back. So when yeah. you visit there in future, you need to get that bit picture and put it in your wallet and put it in all of your pockets. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> And they, they take it. They'll give you your just get a T-shirt back. with uh, yes. with uh, that baby Jesus emblazoned on yeah. it. Actually, the the statue that they have in that church right now is not the original. It had been stolen uh, several years ago, and they That's made the worst thing. I know, and they made uh, uh, you know it's one of those really ugly um, like baby Jesus. Yeah, that, those <laughs> old statues. If I can find a picture, we can show everybody in the. Um, the microphone. Yeah, and the microphone, like we do. <laughs> it's Arachalis. That's so funny that they gave it back. It, it was. It, it was really unusual. Wow. Here he is. The Santo Bambino of Arachali. He's got his own Wikipedia article. <laughs> uh, the Child Jesus of Arachali, which is a, uh, on top of one of the seven hills of Rome. And it was, was a temple at one point now it's of course a uh, a christian but here he is is this what i'm saying oh chubby baby jesus chubby really yeah <laughs> wrapped wrapped in gold he looks uh, very european yes, yes. <laughs> it, obviously uh, yeah it's carved from a single block of olive wood from the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm um how have they not run out of wood yet from there oh uh, yeah <laughs> that cross that I touched is olive wood from Oh, is that right? Jerusalem, yeah. yeah. So Romans have long associated the image with healing. Sometimes they would uh, take the image, the, the baby Jesus, to the seriously ill, um, and people recovered. Um, wow. Yeah. Is so, that superstition? It, if it's not attached to prayer and you just think that just looking at the baby Jesus or touching the baby Jesus, you're going to be healed. Yes, that's superstition. But if, if you pray for healing while you do that, right? that's not? No, no I don't think it is. Okay. I would say uh, it, it's not. Um, so, oh, here's a fun tradition that they have. I'd forgotten about this. So between Christmas and Epiphany, children six years to 10 years stand on a specially built platform to speak, to give a speech to the, the Bambino, the baby Jesus. <laughs> um, and I, I think they were still doing that when, uh, when I was in Rome. That's and then cute. they talk about the theft in 1994, uh, stealing it. So Wow. How long has it been there before then? When was it? Uh, I think in the 1700s. Is, and it lasted to the 90s. Of course, yeah. it got stolen in the 90s. Yeah. So the police, let's see, here's an interesting part of the story. Um, a number of rich individuals offered to underwrite a ransom. Uh, the inmates at the prison in Rome wrote a petition to their anonymous colleagues asking for them to return it. So all of the other crooks that were in prison we're, they didn't like we're asking them to to bring it back. Wow! And they even, even the prisoners even donated money to make a new copy. Oh wow! And then there's all sorts of uh, legends attached to it. Again, probably some of them are superstitious. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look at it yourself, look at 
um, the infant Jesus of Araceli. And Chaley is spelled C-O-E-L-I. I personally, I am charmed by those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I find those funny. things charming. Yeah. I don't I I don't disparage them as superstition. I think they're kind of cool. Um but I also think they could easily fall into superstition mm -hmm. if if one isn't careful. I think the getting of ashes on Ash Wednesday can almost be superstition for some people because some people they don't care at all about Lent or Ash Wednesday. They just want their ashes. Uh, you just, know? Just, like it's like showing that you went to church that day. Right. Isn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Did you get your throat blessed on the feast of St. Blaise? Do you know what that is? I have seen it. And I think we even spoke about it. Um, we did last time, didn't we? It or last year. Been, yeah, I can't remember when it was. But so I looked it up a little bit then. And is it when they put the candles? Yeah, the it? candles that were blasted the, the day before. Yes. At the Feast of the Presentation. It is. A, no, my throat's good. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, there's interesting things like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, again, if it's just, if I do this, I'll never have a throat ache. And doesn't worry about my personal disposition. I don't have to worry about being a good person. I'm just going to get this blessing and I'll I'll be good. That's superstition. Okay. But if we say, okay, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray to God that he keep God keeps me safe from illness. And this is my external, you know, participation in this ritual. Um, but I recognize I might still get sick. You know, exactly. it's, it's not magic. Yeah. It's not magic. It's not cure-all. Right. It's like the... Um... Is it anointment of the sick? Mm -hmm. Anointing of the sick. What's that like? Is that the same thing? That, that's a sacrament, actually. Yeah. yeah. So is that, belief-wise, would that be a superstition if it... If you believed that something magical was happening, uh -huh. then um, it could be a superstition. You didn't have to... If I just do this, then I'm going to go to heaven. I'm dying. Somebody quick, give me... Yeah. <laughs> you know, give me a anointing so that I, I go to heaven, uh, and I don't have to worry about repenting or change of heart or anything like that, yeah. then that would be superstition. Rarely do we, I think most Catholics don't look at that as, I think we have a pretty adult, sophisticated understanding of, of that sacrament. I think most people do. Most people. Yeah. Yeah. But there's always, you know, like I said, the line is blurry sometimes. So blurry. And it, that's okay, you know, if we slip in one direction or the other. And, and certainly that's something you can actually even take to confession if you feel like you've slipped in one direction or another, because it is, I like the way the catechism says it, is in some sense represents a perverse excess of religion. In other words, um, I don't have to do anything. Religion's going to take care of me. Oh. You know. So, so I'm not paying my rent. I'm not going to buy food. My religion will take care of right. me. Right. I'll just, I'll just say my prayers to Mary yeah. and, and, and my bank account will be filled. Right. That's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people could, you know, accuse Catholics of that kind of stuff, you know, super being superstition, superstitious, but I think it's found in other ones in exactly that kind of thing, mm -hmm. that prosperity gospel. All I got to do is be a faithful Christian and God will take care of me. I've struggled with that because I also struggle with the letting go and having faith side because how much can you sit back and let go? Right. That you've got to do something at some point. 
and you know the trust and so it's the same thing there it's like you've got to you've got to do something maybe God's motivating you to do it so then that's how you do it but there's got to be some effort from yourself isn't there yeah absolutely one of my favorite dictums and it either came from a Saint Augustine or one of the medieval saints was um pray as if everything depends on God but act as if everything depends on you. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot, don't you? So when you're about doing your stuff, just do what you need to do as if everything depended on you, but pray as if everything depends on God. And I think that creates a balance. Yes. That's the perfect way to think about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, I like that. I'm sticking yeah. with that one. I mean, for me, it's always kind of like you get everything done during the day that you need to get done. At the end of the day, when you're kind of doing your prayers, at the end of the day is just to say, okay, I've done everything I can. Mm -hmm. Lord, now it's, it's in your hands mm -hmm. and pray as if now it's not going to happen unless God takes care of it. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Actually, it's funny you should say at the end of the day though, because recently in my prayer group, one of the ladies said something, and I don't know if I said this already on the podcast or not, but she said about how, we always give God the leftovers. Mm -hmm. So when it's, it'd be like inviting someone to dinner and you've just really not, you've had a really busy day. You totally forgot that you invited them to dinner and actually you've got something to do uh -huh. and you've got to go out. But so you just say, Oh, come in. There's leftovers in the uh -huh. fridge. Help yourself. You still fed them. But you gave them, like, you weren't right. there, you weren't present, you didn't give them, you gave them the leftovers. So sometimes throughout your day, like, I try and start the morning now with giving thanks and my prayers for everyone else and so on. And it's, it's, it has changed my day around because mm. at the end, if it was at the end of the day, I'd literally be giving anything, any energy that I've got left, then that's what you have. Right. You don't get my morning bright energy that I have, you get the leftovers. Right. And it just really hit, like, I don't want to give God the leftovers. Right. Of course, not everybody has morning bright energy. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> For the night owls. Yeah. Um, yes. I think, you know, one of the great things about our Catholic faith is there's always been a sense of the day being divided. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the morning, you, you're, you're supposed to do a morning offering. You know, Lord, whatever happens today, I give it to you. At the end of the day, you're supposed to kind of do an act of contrition and reflect on the day. And, ah. you know, and uh, traditionally we say the Our Father three times a day. Um, I do not. You, know, it, it, you might end up doing it that much just by virtue of the fact that, you know, sometimes people just say the Our Father just out of the blue. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, so morning prayer, the official prayer of the church, literally the hours, has Our Father as part of that evening and then, of course, at Mass, sometimes people will say, yeah. Our Father, then, or will say if they go to Mass. Um, then there's the Angelus Prayer, which is done at 6 noon and 6 in the evening. And uh -huh. the bells toll, the cathedral bells toll at those times. Oh. Yeah, you'll hear it's like, it's like three gongs of the bell, mm -hmm. three gongs of the bell, three gongs of the bell, and then the bell just peals, you know, just... Uh, for a little bit and that's the signal for the prayer of the angelus uh -huh. and so you know especially in the ages past people would stop in the field there's a famous painting i think it was millet 
in, in the 1900s, um, one of the influencers of, of Van Gogh, uh, who has that prayer of the man and woman in the field, the farmers, and they're stopping what they're doing. They got their heads bowed and their hands folded. And you can see the church in the background. So and it's just called the Angelus. That's cool. So, you know, they're hearing the Angelus bells and stopping what they're doing. And it's a prayer that takes probably less than a minute oh, to pray, you know. Okay. Um, I think there was a novena once that it had that in there. Might, ha might have been part of yeah. that, yeah. So there's always ways to divide up the day. And then as a Catholic, you're, you're encouraged, like if you see an ambulance or something, to say, Jesus, have mercy, or say, you know, Hail Mary, and things like that, so that you're kind of interjecting the day yeah. uh, with with prayers. Um, That's funny. Like I, Even, like, if I see someone on the side of the street that's struggling or, you know, they're carrying mm -hmm. a lot of bags or right. someone's homeless, like, I, I do it all the time. I'm like, who would just be with them or right. like it might just be like a just like a little conversation mm -hmm. or something so yeah. i guess i do it all day without even yeah. realizing it. and catholics used to have an old tradition that when they pass at the front of a church they would make the sign of the cross and men would tip their hats you know to the blessed sacrament inside the church i don't know if people do much of that anymore um mm -hmm. i do see a couple of our students when they pass the chapel they'll make the sign of the cross when they pass where the blessed sacrament is by oh, the window nice. yeah yeah that's cool yeah so those those are just little things to break up so you're not giving the leftovers yes that's true that said god is very satisfied with the leftovers because you're still thinking of him right that's nice to know i like that you know i mean he's full yeah <laughs> i think you know a, i could imagine a parent of adult very adult busy adult children you know, and the last thing you do in the day is to call them, call a parent, and just to say, "Hey, you know, just thinking of you." You know, they're and as the, and as their parent, you know they're exhausted and they know they don't have a lot of energy right now, and so you don't bother them with a bunch of whole stuff because you know they're just ready to go to bed. But you you accept what they can give, mm -hmm. you know. And I think God's that way too. That's nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So All right. we're saying. If you have little rituals and things like that that you do, not rituals or like habits. Yeah, there's nothing say. necessarily wrong with no. it as long as you're giving God the power. Yeah, and you're not giving something inanimate, like you're not giving the statue of Saint Joseph the power to sell your house. No, um, it's just fun. It's for fun, and you know if you tie it to a prayer. Um, but you know, I, I'm not even sure God is that interested in selling your house for you either <laughs> you got to do what you need to do to sell your house you know otherwise you could just leave your house as junky as you wanted to and just say god's going to sell it for me um you got to do the yard. you got to do your work you know yeah. staging and all those things that realtors want you to do so yeah it's it's uh it's not giving things power that ultimately would detract from god's authority or god's power interesting mm -hmm. i like that yeah so in that spirit, shall we say a little prayer? Yes. Is there anything been going on in the world that we should pray for? Um, big big train been... crash in Greece, right? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, I think 57 people were killed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think it happened after the big train wreck here. In the Ohio. Ohio? Yeah. Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. wasn't it? 
Wow. So we can pray for the people that were affected by the train crash in Ohio. And then the people, that, there was a passenger train in, in Greece, from what I understand. Oh, wow. And then the continuing um, blessing of people of Turkey and Syria. And then the people in Southern California and in the mountains of California who have like 14 feet of snow around their houses yes. where they can't even get out of the house. No. And then this flooding as well coming that way. because well, I would imagine once it all melting. melts. Yeah. Yes. And then but also, that'll be for the people at the bottom of the yes. mountain. Yeah. And then I saw on the news yesterday that yesterday or the day before that it's been a year since the Russia declared war on Ukraine. Yeah, we can continue to pray for that too. So it's been a whole year. That's just. Why don't we do to uh, wrap all these people up in a prayer? Why don't we do, uh, so we talked about the Angelus. Mm-hmm. We can do the Angelus. Um, pull it up right here. All right, so I'll say that part, then you say the, the second line, okay? That's how, how it works from the, the leaders. Okay. All right, let's pray the Angelus. Uh, you can find it online. Just type in the Angelus, and you can pray along if you want. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. As she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and, at the ha- now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And dwell among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. This podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. And God save the king. God save the king. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all later. Bye.